Filmcraft Guys. A podcast about film crafting. And the craft of film. Hmm. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What are we talking about today, Latif? On the subject we just thought of five minutes ago. Mm. Talking about procrastination. And working on multiple projects at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's not really procrastination, it's just being busy. But then also a little bit of procrastination in there, too. Yeah. So basically, this is one idea that I had, one idea Latif had. Um, I came up to Latif and I said, Lately, uh, a lot's been going on. Like, we've been editing this movie like crazy. I went to Mexico and work, film work, regular work, everything's just really nuts. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to sit down and write this new script that I'm writing, which is a shame because I got one day and I started writing past the outline. It was amazing, but now everything's picking up again and I'm not going to have time to sit down and write that because there's going to be too much stuff going on. And I know when that happens to me, I really beat myself up. I kind of feel bad for not having enough progress. So I asked Latif if he ever feels the same. And what'd you tell me, Latif? Well... In very long breath, I said yes. <laughs> but for the most part, I think I had this when I was at work last week and I was doing some editing on a project that I thought was a little too easy for me to be working on and getting paid. And I was like, all right, whatever. Is that slideshow thing you're talking about? Yeah. And then <laughs> That's it was great a one. glorified PowerPoint that I was working on. And I was like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to make this right now. But um, I was also thinking, like, when I'm not here, I should really work on the those projects I want to make because this feels crazy right now. <laughs> so, you know, there's a bit of, like, in the moment you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I, I got to get focused and, and do some great things. And then the time comes and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to lie down for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like the biggest lesson in this is I kind of feel validated having brought it up to you because mm-hmm. we've never talked about this before. Yeah. And having said that, and you're like, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, okay, good. I'm not nuts. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think an important thing is just like you're always going to get to that point. Um, like you'll start out at a point where you're you're just writing or you're having your first project and you won't be that overwhelmed and you know that's a great thing too but as you keep going you're going to get to a point where there's multiple projects and so much stuff going on that you're going to feel you don't have time for other things you want to do and just know that that's it's a commonality everyone gets there don't beat yourself up about it too much but then like Latif said step two is when you get over the hurdle and you have a little bit of free time. <clears throat> I know I'm guilty of this too. Like, I'd be like, oh yeah, sweet. Like, I've binge watched Daredevil a while back. <laughs> and then I was like, oh man. That was like 13 hours. Of Daredevil? Yeah. Wow. You know how much script writing I could have got done? <laughs> two hours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Would have procrastinated for seven, done two hours, and gave up. <laughs> But when it comes time, after your your busy period is over, there's always a bit of a hurdle to get back into it. So when that presents itself, Latif, how do you get back into it? Like, what's your process? Well, I think like we have a different reaction to it. Like I, mm. I really don't beat myself up when I 
procrastinate or mm-hmm. if, or if I just haven't had time for something. Um, not anymore, at least. Actually, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been really like super hard on myself about getting work done. But I think I have I have a bad excuse for that, and that's because I'm always busy with something. Mm-hmm. Because I have something I'm busy with, I can just be like, oh, but I'm busy doing this thing. And it's kind of related to film, so it doesn't feel like it's procrastinating. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm working on this feature film, and I'm editing this thing, and all this other stuff. And reality is, like, it's good that I'm doing that, and it's kind of related to my field in a very direct way. But it's not like a script I'm writing that I want to make one day, or it's not like developing a, a film that I would like to shoot very soon. So if it's not that, but it's still close to it, I validate that as being okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like, when you get over that hump of doing any of those kinds of things, what kicks you into gear to be like, okay, I gotta write this, or I gotta set this next project up? Like, what gets you into time to work on my own things mode? A lot of the times it'll be other people. I think when I'm accountable to actors and other people that are excited about a project I have mm. then I have to be like damn it <laughs> and I gotta do stuff if I'm the only one excited for the project it will never happen yeah yeah <laughs> but if someone but like you know for this short film I want to make the actor that I talked to about the film was like hey so we're we gonna make that short film soon and I was like oh he wants to make the film so I had to be like crap <laughs> basically you can't disappoint yeah yeah when when you have other people involved it's hard to just like not do anything yeah so even if i'm not like actively physically trying to make it i'll be thinking about it or, or trying to do something and i think other people holding me accountable to doing things is what makes me get my ass in gear mm-hmm. but you know if it's like writing or something it's just like when I feel like it. <laughs> That's not the best answer. <laughs> well, say someone's listening to this and they're like, I really like that idea of other people being interested in this to kick my ass into gear. How mm-hmm. would you, what would you tell them to do? Like, how do they get people excited the way that you're describing? <sighs> You've got to get people involved in a in a deeper level onto your project where they have some sort of reason to be excited about it so you know with with the actor friend i'm talking about it's very straightforward he he's supposed to be the lead character in the short film so for him it's like yeah i want to be this main guy in your story Mm. and that's probably the main reason so you have to get people involved in your project in some way yeah and with that like what you did i know it you allowed him time to come in and help shape the character too so that keeps him very emotionally invested compared to he's just going to show up for three days and do this little acting thing right? and take off yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah, this is going to sound not great but because i'll sound like a like i'm showing off about my writing or something but <laughs> <laughs> everything i write is amazing well that's that's the thing like <laughs> but this is just the reality with everything ever is no one's going to get excited about something that sucks. Mm-hmm. So if you've written something that's at least kind of fun to read or is is somewhat exciting and could be a story that that um, becomes a good film, 
that's going to get people excited. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the, I, I've got a producer friend that recently was like, "Hey, where's that script that you were talking about? I, I want to read it." And I haven't talked to him in like a month, but he was just excited about the idea when I told him a while ago. And that is what spurred him to reach out and be like, hey, let me read your story. Um, So I think it starts with writing something that you believe in and that isn't garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good first step. Yeah, I think that kind of wraps up procrastination, eh? I think a lot of people will, especially when it comes to filmmaking and writing, it's like they'll have writer's block or they'll have like just a creative block. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what do you do? To get around your writer's block. Mm. You know, the, the generic question you asked every writer ever. I think we've talked about this before, but what's your take on writer's block? Uh, I don't think... I don't ever have writer's block. Yeah, I don't think it exists. No. <laughs> not. I'm not saying, like, I'm just, like, when I sit down, it's just, like, a waterfall of... Amazing. Of great words <laughs> and, and story. That's not the case. It's just... When I sit down and I'm actively about to write, mm. I'll it'll I'll just write. It'll yeah. just happen, and it's not always going to be good. But I'm never just like, I've never had a moment where I'm staring at the page, and my fingers are on the tips of the keyboard, and I'm like, <laughs> my brain has frozen. <laughs> the words are lost to my tongue. Like that's never happened to me. Must type English. <laughs> <laughs> What's that thing that you? Dig spood, dig food with. <laughs> you mean a spoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. give me. <laughs> give me, give me. Um, no, I've never had like actual literal writer's block where it, I was just like, my mind just went blank. That's never happened to me. It's yeah. really been more like I have an idea, I haven't thought about it that well, mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly how to execute it. It's really more like I'm, I've been a little lazy with the, the actual thinking about the the scene or something and that's what's stopping me from writing mm-hmm. so I will just think about it more until I'm ready to write yeah no that's good yeah I think writer's block is an excuse people like it's a great excuse yeah because I think some people mean by saying I have writer's block what they really mean is I can't write anything good right now and my response is to write something bad <laughs> And it's like, cause if you're like, oh man, well everything I'm going to write is bad, it'd be like, great, get that out of your system. You'll have one less bad idea. Then write another one. That's bad too. Get rid of that. Keep going until you're all out of bad ideas. And then process of elimination, you're going to get to the good ones. <laughs> yeah, but for some people, they might be just full of bad ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's like, I did all this bad writing, but it just keeps happening. It's like, oh no. And then you just run. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I'm sure there are a couple people. I'm positive there. there are people. No, no. I mean, it's the norm. There are tons of bad writers out oh, there. Oh yeah, totally. And it's. I think it's more rare to find someone who's a good writer. Yeah, but in terms of like improving your writing craft, like yeah. just do it. You're, For sure. I don't think anyone's ever written anything. And done draft after draft after draft and said, I'm a worse writer than before I wrote, wrote that first draft. Hmm. Like, Unless every time they wrote a script, they went backwards in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a movie idea right there. Yeah. <laughs> after every draft, my level of English comprehension goes down. 
It's like I've aged backwards. I just picture like you know in Skyrim when you're you have that big leveling screen and it's like the stars and everything. You got your level meter. Mm-hmm. It's like you started at seventy. You write a script. You're at like seventy two, and you go back in time. Then you're at like sixty one. <laughs> That's such a nerdy preference. Skyrim's awesome. I've never played it. What? Mm. I don't know if you should. Like when I, okay. Skyrim's great, but when I first played Skyrim, and this seems to be a universal thing for anyone that does, so you turn on Skyrim, you play a few hours, and then next thing you know, it's two weeks later, <laughs> and you've put like 140 hours into Skyrim. And you're losing your mind. Yeah, like I remember I tried it, I was like, oh, that was fun, back when I lived in Ottawa. And the next day, I didn't have to work, I woke up at like six, because I always just woke up early. I was like, oh, I'll play some Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Next thing I knew, it was two in the morning. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, that was a lot of fun. And then I just did the same thing next day. <laughs> I, God, I've had moments like that, too. Uh, for me, it was like <sighs> Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. Not, not even when it just came out. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't played video games in a long time. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I, I don't know, my mind just didn't care. And then I found my old Xbox 360. Nice. And boy, when that plugged that thing in, it sounded like a vacuum. It was like... <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. It's like the Ghostbuster Proton Pack. Yeah, I was like, man, this thing is loud. <laughs> Stupid machine. And then I plugged it in. I, I found my old Red Dead Redemption disc, and I threw that in there. I was playing on my Xbox, and I spent a long time playing poker in that game. <laughs> Man, my roommate Adam, same thing. He's like, I played Red Dead, Red Red, yeah, Red Dead Redemption, but I haven't really. I just played poker in Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's fun and dumb. Yeah, gets you nothing. Poker's bomb, man. Yeah, I know. I just like playing poker as a cowboy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you should go to a casino in cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. I'd <laughs> look so dumb. You're like, you're all ready to do some gambling. Where are you from? Thailand. <laughs> You know, <laughs> the true in, west. The true west, <laughs> way in the east, yeah. where the west was born. The east. See, the thing with Thailand is you go so far east that it's that west. west. Oh. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> um, yeah, video games are a great way to procrastinate. Yeah, totally. Uh, I I use that so often. Um, yeah, so stop procrastinating. <laughs> That's <laughs> our advice. Do it, guys. Just do it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to topic two. Working on multiple projects. At the same time. Yeah. 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 This was, I'll let you take this one away because this was your idea. What did you have in mind just in terms of like how to handle working on multiple things at the same time? A little bit of both. I think it's how you handle working on multiple projects at the same time because it's very, very common. Mm-hmm. Once you get your feet wet, you're going to start working on a bunch of different things and and kind of that's going to become the norm, I yeah. think. So na- learning how to navigate that, but also just like managing your own... I mean, this kind of goes back to our first topic, but managing your own project within that bubble of your film life is important because right now I'm technically I'm trying to deliver a feature film to a a small distribution company as well as working on our film Mm -hmm. at the same time I'm 
kind of in pre-production for a short film with a, another friend that wants to to make that and in the final writing stages of a short film that I want to make mm-hmm. and in the middle of that like there's a music video that I have to do reshoots for these are all things that aren't like planned together they just happen together yeah <laughs> because that's just how schedules work but uh, I, I think in the early stages of filmmaking you'll kind of work like I'm working on one thing right now when I'm done that thing, I'll move on to another thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then very quickly it becomes, I've got seven things to do. Ah! <laughs> and then you punch something. Usually a living animal. But <laughs> <laughs> Do not do that. <laughs> it's not how you do it in the West. <laughs> Out in the West in Thailand. Just <laughs> <laughs> name that episode this. Or this episode that. The Far West Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think balancing multiple projects is essential because it kind of rears you to really be able to handle anything Mm -hmm. in the film production world because, like, something will go wrong always. It always does. Like, an export will go wrong or a file is missing or we've got to, like, get new hard drives because one of them exploded or your editor's in jail for punching a cat or something. <laughs> like, things happen, and, and like, on the fly, you've got to just, like, adjust. What tips would you give people? Like, how do you navigate different projects? Um, just, we'll start in terms of time, and then I'd like to tackle in terms of, like, mindset, too. Like, whether it be you're writing one project, and then you got to go jump onto editing another project. You hear all the time that some people's minds will kind of, like, get the DNA crossed of both projects in their head. So how do you tackle that time-wise and creatively? That's never happened to me. No, it doesn't happen to me either. <laughs> like, I've never mixed project stuff up. I think just because I force people I work with to get hard drives. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, even writing, if you're, mm-hmm. I don't know, writing the script you're writing now and someone came up to you and said, hey, man, can you write these reshoots for me like do you think there'd be any danger of you subconsciously commingling them no I think the only thing that might happen is like you might you might have a hard time like getting the voice right for like a very last minute rewrite mm-hmm. I mean especially with the characters because uh, a lot of like a lot of the times when you do a rewrite for a scene it's not like a huge rewrite on like a emotional story point because those are all kind of hashed out but it's more like oh we need to get this plot point across or this thing is unclear in the story and we need to get that across the audience like those little moments a lot of times you're not doing a lot of character work but at the same time you don't want to make it seem like you just spit something out to Mm -hmm. to be exposition so I think it's it's nailing that and that's tough in its own right like it's getting that across authentically without it sounding like you stole it from an, like a robot that just gives you generic scenes in movies. <laughs> you know, generic bot. Generic bot. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, even little things like that, like with the hard drives I was talking about, I I tell all the people that I'm working with, get, get like a specific hard drive for your film. Mm. Don't get like those little crappy storage drives because I'm not going to edit off that. And if that's all you have your film on, then I'm not going to be responsible if your drive explodes or mm-hmm. 
because it's super hard. Well, tell, I don't think we've gone over this. Tell the audience why that is so hard. To edit off those little drives? Yeah. Those are storage drives. You're not supposed to edit off them. Well, what does that mean? They don't run fast enough um, for uh, video editing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could edit off of them. And if you're using like really crappy small footage that's not going to be intensive on your computer, great, go for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with a lot of the projects I'm working on, they're shooting on bigger cameras. Um, and the footage is a lot bigger. Um, and it requires a, a faster spinning drive. Um, so in these cases, I'll get them to get a custom drive and get an enclosure and, and create a little space for it so it can safely hold all the footage in one drive because I've worked on projects where they've got their whole film which is maybe like 8 to 18 terabytes and they'll have it on like 6 little USB drives and I'm mm-hmm. like what is this like how am I supposed to I only have 4 <laughs> USB ports in my computer first of all so I can't connect them all at once anyways um, I could get a USB hub but again it's just crazy like if I make any sense. if I fart and lean over and, <laughs> and one of the drives like pulls out of the machine because I farted like that could ruin everything. The sixth of your movie is gone. Yeah, I mean it's not going to destroy the footage, but like you don't want stuff like that happening. Um, so what I'll get them to do is keep those drives, use them as backups, but put all your stuff on one thing, and um, that saves confusion with dealing with multiple projects at once. Because mm-hmm. I'll have to do that a lot. And when you export films out, you need space for that. And I had to get an extra drive just to export out like a high-quality ProRes version of a movie. Um, so, you know, get all these things prepared. And then when you're done with your projects, give these drives back to the people <laughs> and just be done with it. That's my way of being like, all right, I'm good. Have fun with your film. Job day. completed. Yeah, like for me, the best way to end a project is to give them their hard drive back. Mm-hmm. That way you're not like... They can't call you and be like, do this one more thing for me. Because like, that could get really annoying. So that's like another piece of advice as to any like editors out there. Give the drive back to them after mm-hmm. you're done. Keep the project files, but like get rid of that raw footage because you don't want yeah. that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and with writing scripts, like with m- multiple projects, like you'll be at different stages with every project. You might be like outlining and writing the first draft of something. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you're doing like reshoots for like a feature film that you need some new scenes on Mm. you know in that case it might be better to just like put the the new film aside for a minute and really get the the one you're working on to the best place it can be so but that being said that's if you're like a filmmaker and like the independent sense where you're doing a lot of the legwork but if you're just a screenwriter and all you have to worry about is writing you should be able to handle it. Yeah. Because yeah, you're a screenwriter. Um, you know, right now I'm working on like at least five different film projects at the same time. So time wise, how do you allot that? Uh, create like definite schedules with everyone. I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, you have to let people know that they can't just show up whenever because you'll either be working on something or. Because, like, if I'm rendering something for, like, 10 hours, I can't, like, schedule for us to edit. Yeah. Because the computer would be locked up. I won't be able to do anything with it. Um, So, like, tell 
a person that you're gonna work with like I, I can work at this time and do that and be very like clear about those times because if you're not able to balance when you need to to edit or write or whatever then you're not gonna be able to get uh, involved in like this many projects because people will rely on you um, and if you're not able to give them time then there's no point in taking the position anyways mm-hmm. so I think you just know uh, well like two of the projects that I'm talking about are projects that I'm driving mm-hmm. so I can schedule those when I know I have free time Yeah. but a few of the other ones it's based on mutual time so I mean even for you like when you're not working or when you're not doing this like you have to schedule time for you to write oh yeah totally but that's gonna become like early in the morning or (laughs) on the weekends and stuff like that so I think knowing when you have time where no one else is allowed to to get in your space is important Mm -hmm. and and setting that and making that a routine is gonna help in balancing multiple projects when you're working on multiple stuff Mm -hmm. don't just wing it every day like no on Thursday, whoever wants to work Friday, just get a hold of me. We'll figure it out. Like, have a schedule. Set that aside. I think adhering to that schedule is a huge, huge benefit. And then in terms of creatively, like, I don't know. I'm the same as you. I've never had that problem where, like, I can't differentiate projects in my mind. But mm-hmm. hypothetically, if someone asked me, like, hey, I am having this problem. What should I do? Honestly, I'd probably say just calm down <laughs> that is that is to say like you're probably crossing them in your head because you're freaking out a little your your mind's too active you know just take a breather pick a project to work on for half hour 20 minutes two hours whatever and just i'm going to work on this project for this time don't think of the other ones and I think if someone's doing stuff and they're just feeling overwhelmed, like, to me, I would just be like, work on less projects. Like, yeah. if you're not able to handle your workload, I think the the thing to do very simply, mathematics-wise, is mm-hmm. to remove one. Yeah. <laughs> and see how that feels. Well, here's a hypothetical for you. We have a listener. Again, hypothetical. This isn't... No one wrote in saying this. Um, this is you, Kelly. Yeah, stupid Kelly. Uh, but no. Um, someone's like, hey, I got a full-time job, you know, an active at-home life, kids or whatever keeps them busy, and I only work on one project at a time. I still find that overwhelming. Mm-hmm. What should I do? Someone asks you that, what do you say? Wait, so they got like a kid, full-time job. Yeah, just something that keeps them busy all the time, and they're only working on one project, but they're still overwhelmed. What would you tell them? Get rid of the kid? Mm, that'd be <laughs> option B. Uh, <laughs> can your kid make films? No. Get rid of him. <laughs> awful advice. Uh, I think that when, you're, when your schedule is like that, I think it's got to be very slow changes that become normalized. Yeah. Like there's nothing that will like quickly just like fix everything. I th- and this is going to sound like this big like deep dive but it's going to have to start with you're probably very tired mm-hmm. so how do you be less tired you might want to start thinking about taking care of yourself better mm-hmm. get as much sleep as you can try to eat a little healthier yeah. 
try to exercise. Yeah, I was going to say, one thing I'll throw out there to anyone that says, like, oh, I'm always tired all the time. If you don't exercise, and it seems very counterintuitive, like, yeah. if you exercise, you'd be more tired because you burn your energy, idiot. Like, But it's not that. Like, when you exercise regularly, you need, like, less sleep. And I'm not saying, you know, you still need sleep. You still need food. You still need all that. But you don't need quite as much in your body just run so much smoother so like a little bit of exercise goes a long way in yeah department. normal exercise like in your in your weekly schedule is going to make you a little more efficient when you're doing work it's going to yeah. like ideas are going to come to you a little more frequently and like when you have a hard time like uh well, when you have writer's block, for example, like having <laughs> when regular, you're blind to yourself, having like moments when you're not doing anything like very intensive, because exercising, it, it, like you kind of get into this flow state where your mind yeah. is just kind of Big time. in its own space. Like that's great time for you to just figure things out in a way where you're not uh, forcing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like having that part of your schedule is going to change things in a huge way. Yep. Um, and then once you're able to have that, like you'll have a little more energy and stuff like that. And you'll find that you do have a lot of hours in a day. And maybe it's very limited, but if you're able to squeeze half an hour of writing into a day, yeah, that's going to make a huge difference. Yep. Because like, if you're able to write a page a day mm-hmm. of writing in a, month, in, three months. in a month, you'll have, you know a pretty decent amount of work done. Yeah. And, and a page a day is like an average. Say you were able to write the feature film in two months mm-hmm. because you spent half an hour every day trying to write something. Yeah. Like that is going to make a huge difference. So I think there's always time to do things, but you've got to normalize it and make it part of your schedule. Yep. We did do a lot this year, eh? Yeah, we started the podcast this year, too. Yeah. Maybe we should do a special episode later on, too. Like I'm a, down for that. Like a recap? Yeah. A recap. It's just like a super cut of every episode. It doesn't make any sense. People are like, what is this? It's the anniversary. Actually, after like 100 episodes, we're going to have an episode called The, the Special 100th Episode. Mm-hmm. And it's just 100 episodes of us going, welcome to Filmcraft. <laughs> In different ways. It's like a three-minute episode. Everyone's like, what the hell is that? Wasn't it great, you guys? We're so happy. Uh, yes, um, I'm down for that. Completely down. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to see some movies that are coming out later this year. Which ones? Um, there's, I I don't know if it's coming out in theaters, but I know it's gonna be on Netflix mm. in December. It's the new movie by Alfonso Cuarón. It's called Roma. Yeah, I've heard amazing things. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite filmmakers. He's super super good. And um, yeah, I don't know, just the just from reading a little bit about it, because I didn't want to spoil the movie for myself, mm-hmm. and just seeing a, a few still images, I thought this is gonna be so good. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I just just from seeing a little bit of it, I'm like, I know I'm gonna really love this. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Sweet. And the other one was the the Coen Brothers. Netflix product. I thought that's what you were gonna say. No, that well, both of those. Those mm. are both stuff I'm really excited for. Yeah, I'm super excited for that one in the sense that they shot it as a series, eh? Yeah. And then and they, they were, put it together. 
Yeah, and then they're like, no, no, we're cutting this into a feature. Yeah. Yeah, which... That's going to be so weird. I know. I feel like... I really want to know if you can tell, you know? Like, watching it. I bet you there was more here, I bet you there was more here kind of thing. Mm. Or, like... I don't know, they're pretty goddamn good at what they do. They're really good editors. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, overall, like, it'll just be one of the, the, the best uh, Netflix originals. I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know Fargo, like, people loved Fargo. Mm-hmm. The, the series I never saw it I heard great things I, I want to watch it I'm just sad because they never actually worked on it but it's based oh, off yeah, the material yeah. yeah so I'm like well it might I just don't want to watch something that feels like it's just like an homage to them an impersonation yeah, like, yeah I don't want that no that's fair I'm like if I want them I'll just go to them because they're, they're not dead yet <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> on that note watch some Marvel movies guys Fucking Stanley bit the big one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh jeez, that's a big thing. Yeah, that's a bummer. That is a bummer. Did that make you sad? Uh yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely because he was you know, he made Spider Man and all those great characters, but more so just because like if you ever listen to his interviews, he's such a nice, positive, intelligent dude. Seems like it. Yeah. And funny too. Funny. Like um I watched this one thing. Someone asked him, like, do you think digital comics will ever um, overtake paperback comics and make uh-huh. them obsolete? And he's like, well, comics are like boobs. They're great on screen, but it's so much better to have one in your hand. <laughs> I was like, that's Stan Lee right there. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, there's just, like, a huge outcry of, like, love for him. Yeah. Um, Touched a lot of lives, man. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I was never, like, big into the comics things. Yeah. My favorite superhero was Batman. Batman's awesome. Yeah, but I don't even like any of his friends. <laughs> I don't like any Batman of doesn't Batman. have friends, man. I don't like Batman's co-heroes. <laughs> I just like Batman. So it's yeah. like, do you like superheroes? I'm like, I like Batman. It's like, who else? I'm like, no one. <laughs> the Joker. <laughs> so, but, you know, I, I did watch the Marvel movies and mm-hmm. I did like Spider-Man growing up as a kid the, car- yeah, the cartoons awesome. yeah but R.I.P. Stanley yeah good note to end the show on alright well oh also just cause I just showed the teeth this you don't have to watch the whole thing but Daredevil season 3 episode 4 just YouTube prison scene mm-hmm. I want to say anything but it's unbelievable what do you think, Latif? I just showed it to you. Yeah, that was that was intense. Yeah. That was. I don't know how long that was, but. I think it was like nine, ten minutes. I almost forgot. Well, you know that's the thing. Like you, you just, you forget. Mm-hmm. You're just so in it because they don't cut. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, the whole thing is one giant take. Yeah. No cutting, and it's not like they stitched it together either like you know we'll hide a cut here we'll hide a cut there like the entire thing is just one, one shot it's impressive it's amazing check it out guys alright well this podcast was brought to you by Pippa Pippa.io P-I-P-P-A.io man I'm getting really good saying that fast <laughs> they're probably like wow this guy's killing it we can he just email. doesn't know our prices but <laughs> can you email can you say our name slower <laughs> Jeez. 
But yeah, podcast hosting service. They host us, this podcast you're listening to right now. They're cheap, they're awesome. Check them out. If you have a podcast, sign up. All right. Thanks for listening to Filmcraft. Filmcraft. And I hope you're not procrastinating by listening to this. <laughs> or if you are, it's over now. Go right. Go do your thing. Bye.